Thank you for listening to On The Lift Podcast, a Runaway Dumpster production. Live from Greenwater Studios, this is On The Lift Podcast, your weekly show that is ultimately about skiing. This is the show that ducks the rope, earns some turns, dances in ski boots, poaches hot tubs, closes the bar, and still makes it on the first chair. Here's your hosts, two dudes who rip the pow, shred the gnar, and tell the tales, Lance Hester and Michael Gore. And we're back on the lift. Um, We have enjoyed getting a couple calls from some listeners, and we may play some uh, clips from those a little later on, but this is Lance. Mike's not with us right now. We're going to catch up on the next episode but right now today i am so excited i got a good friend of mine from many years now blake kramer who is here to talk with us and have a conversation about his skiing experience so far this year and also to talk about his gopro max so blake how you doing hey lance thanks for having me lance it's really great to be chatting with you hanging out with you it's been too long and it's really nice to finally be on this side of the pandemic where we are actually doing skiing again. I have been looking forward to this for so long. Uh, was that an abrupt ending last year or what? Oh, God, so disappointing. So disappointing. Yeah. It's such an exciting this year to actually be able to ski in November and have a bunch of great days in December. Compared to a lot of seasons, this has just been the uh, vacation that we needed, huh? Yeah, it really has. And it's like one of the only things to do, you know? I mean, I'm I'm all for the arts and going to museums and doing things with my friends and family, but this is I guess there's worse things to have as the only thing to do. <laughs> it's really exciting to be in this area and see so many people who are so excited to be there, and they're there with family, they're with friends. Something we can do where we're social distanced and we can be right next to each other on the hill and finally yeah. hanging. Love it. Yeah, no, it's it's great. Well, before we we hopped on this, um, well, this uh, uh, recording session, um, you were telling me you already got several days in. How's your ski season going so far? You know, it's been fabulous. We have had, uh, I go skiing constantly with my wife, Ortai, and uh, we've had a whole bunch of really nice powder days. We've had some icy days. We haven't skied it in rain, which is surprising. (laughs) We don't like skiing in rain, not too much, but uh, we haven't had that so far. But a bunch of great days. You know, the lines have been troubling. They've been problematic, but it's yeah. really fun. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting because, uh, you know, everything's more loosely packed. And um, I think the parking lot is very full, especially oh. when you think of it in terms of, theoretically, only a third of their potent of the mountain's potential is um, is able to ski. But I, I suspect a lot of people are just driving up by themselves or husbands and wives and not packing it with friends and, you know, hopefully being socially responsible with their social distancing. I, I think that's right. I, I think that there is that they've added a new parking lot at Crystal and I've driven up there and I've seen on midweek days, I've seen every one of those lots full, including wow. the just packed. And I think that there's a lot <laughs> of people who are doing that who are just driving up solo. Yeah. It's difficult to understand how it's getting so packed when they are reducing the number of people there. Yeah, with the reservations and all that. Um, well, um, so yeah, you, uh, so my impression when I've been up there and, and how many, you said you've been up, what'd you say, seven days or eight days or I've something? I've been eight days. And how many have you done? That's got great. I, I've been up seven. Cool. Um, and 
I don't, were you up yesterday? No, I was up on Saturday and I skied a little bit Sunday. Okay. Well, yesterday was, was Monday the 28th, I guess, for those, uh, you know, I don't know when this will come out, probably in the next couple of days, but it was Monday the 28th. It was a total bluebird day. It was absolutely spectacular. And um, the parking lots were filled, but once you were on the mountain skiing, it just didn't seem that crowded. And I don't know if it was because it was a Monday or, or what it was, but um, the lift lines had that long look to them because people are a little more spaced out and or spread out. They're probably some of them are spaced out, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I I don't know about you. The the only place that I get a little nervous for my health is in the lift lines. Um, how about you? Yeah, that's a, that's a real problem. Uh, I, I generally see, my experience is that about one out of 20 people are not wearing a mask. And, and that's a real problem, uh, for me, particularly because whenever my wife and I get in the gondola line, it tends to be 18 to 30 minutes long. And for some reason, even though there's not a lot of people not wearing masks, we always end up standing right next to one of them. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like, and uh, so some of my friends have engaged with people who are not wearing masks and the people who are not wearing masks are, have made a point of saying that this was a political issue oh, and that gosh. it's inappropriate. And they've used hostile words to talk to some of my friends about this, saying huh. that, that my friends were being victims of their COVID fear and that they were being sheep and that these people weren't. Wow. They got into that right there in the lift line, huh? And I am talking about one of my friends that had this experience is, uh, is a wonderful woman. She's about 70 and she's a retired principal. And wow. she never has problems talking to people about what she thinks they need to know. Uh -huh. But the person pe that she spoke to one time about this mask thing was a bit younger than her and had no hesitation lighting right into her and saying that she was uh, inappropriate in commenting on his mask wearing. Wow. Well, you know, I don't want whoever that person who I personally would think of as reckless for getting in a lift line without a mask. I don't want his germs and I don't want him to have my germs that hopefully are clean. Um, but I also, I, I think, you know, from a skier's perspective, what happened in March last year, the mountains got shut down. You know, the health department's been by Crystal Mountain. And I don't know how many people it would take that have that cavalier attitude, but um, say what you want about the health issues. We got to ski. <laughs> I think that that's important. And what I really hope for is that me and you and all of our friends start kind of ganging up when people, when we see people not wearing gas, masks, because this is what I think is the bottom line. I'm afraid of more than anything, I'm afraid that our lifties who are working up there and making sure that we have great days, they're gonna get unemployed because the governor is gonna see that people aren't wearing masks. Now, I know you know the history of this, but back on June 26th, the Secretary of Health for the state enacted the order saying that businesses can't serve customers unless they're wearing face masks. Oh yeah. And since then, face masks are, 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 they're required in places like under the, the order, congregate settings. And that, okay. that means lift lines. So <clears throat> if people are there and they're not wearing masks and Crystal is unable to stop these people from this behavior, 
the governor's going to shut this down. We're going to be just like you said, we're going to be back to March. We're not going to be able to ski. And all of these lifties who are always just right on the edge financially. Oh, I'm sure. Jobs. And that's who they're really punishing. I think that everybody in line who cares about skiing should join a chorus of shouts when we see somebody who's not wearing a mask and say, put yours on. We don't want our lifties to lose their jobs. You're being too selfish if you want to make a political statement. Excellent point. Yeah. Keeping our lifties employed. Uh, That's an excellent point. That's a really, really, uh, really important perspective. I, I've noticed that there's a certain contingency that wears their mask if they're worried that the person monitoring the line is going to point to them and say, cover your nose. And unfortunately, my observation is that that doesn't begin until 9.30 or 10 in the morning. So the first hour or so, those hosts or whoever they are that the mountain has monitoring the lift lines aren't there. And, you know, and so then when people pull in and they sit there and chat with their buddy with no mask on and, and so forth, it puts the rest of the skiers in that uncomfortable position of deciding whether to call them out or not. Oh, yeah, I absolutely agree. <clears throat> comfortable. But it should be like that movie Spartacus with Kirk Douglas. <laughs> we should all be in a chorus saying, I am Spartacus. Every one of them <laughs> saying, put on your mask. I don't care if you're next to us or not. You know, another thing, my wife is a nurse and she works with people who are sick with COVID-19. And you and I know some other healthcare professionals who work with COVID-19 people too. My wife wears a mask, but these people who aren't wearing their mask, they're standing right next to her in line. We don't know if my wife happens to have brought it home or not. And these people, I wonder if they knew that they're standing next to a nurse who was working with COVID-19. <laughs> what they do. I tend to think that they probably wouldn't because if they're not wearing their mask, they're, they're really showing something about their attitude towards science. Yeah. But if you reinforce that it's about keeping lifties working, I think that that would be great. That's a really, a really good perspective. I'm anxious to hopefully hear back from our listeners on some of these, um, some of these things, the, uh, the importance of that mask wearing, you know, again, whether it's, you know, my, my belief in, in the scientific, you know, the simple science of, preventing disease spread um, is one thing, but doggone it. Let's keep these mountains open. You know, I got to think that the, these anti-maskers at least want to keep the mountain open and not a, not a tough thing to pull up the neck gator that you might be wearing anyways. Brother, you are telling, speaking the truth. Yeah. Well, um, so you have over the many years I've known you, probably 20 and in the Facebook era, the probably 10, have posted lots of exceptional photography. And I remember one time when I bumped into you on the mountain when my son Braden was much younger, you took a really sweet video of him skiing through the trees. That was and, fun. Uh, I got the two of you together in a <clears throat> video. And that made me really happy to get the father and son sweeping <laughs> through the trees together. That was really cool. Yeah. And can you believe he's 21 now? <laughs> no, I cannot believe it. Yeah, we're not going to do the math on what that means for the rest of us. Um, so, um, so, but anyway, one of the reasons we're talking is you told me about some new equipment you picked up this year. Yeah, yeah. Let's hear what about else? it. Well, first of all, for anybody listening, if you know me, you know I'm obsessed with taking pictures, and I love documenting friends and family uh, uh, doing things that are cool. And I'm not uh, a fabulous skier. I'm not jumping off of anything. I'm just a 55-year-old kind of overweight guy who has a heck of a lot of fun up at Crystal. 
but I like going out to Brand X and uh, Penny Dog Cliffs are some of my favorite places up there. And I've always tried really hard to find great ways of capturing the action so that I can share with friends what they're doing and what I'm seeing and what's cool about this sport that you and I and so many of us love so much. And one of my favorite steps was to get a goggle that had a camera built into the nose because it was just so convenient to be able to touch the oh, side yeah. of your heart and stop. But I found something that works so much better and it's the GoPro Max. The GoPro Max is fabulous for amateur skiers like us to document the fun that we're having. And the biggest reason is that the GoPro Max is this 360 degree kind of global camera. It's got lenses on the front and the back. So it captures everything around you, whether you're biking or running or skiing. And the cool part is that once you take the video and you go home and upload it on your computer, then you can go through that whole 360 degree global around you and decide scene by scene, moment by moment, where you want the, uh, what you want people to see. Oh, wow. And the coolest part about this is that I do a lot of, uh, I do a lot of sports shooting and the coolest part is always getting people's faces while they're having fun. Uh huh. And with, uh, with most cameras, when you're videoing, particularly amateur stuff, uh, you're chasing skiers and pointing your camera forward on your helmet or on your right. like mine. Uh -huh. It's basically impossible to get in front of somebody and shoot backwards and get their face while they're plowing through the snow. There's a couple of ways you can do it. You could just sit on the side of the mountain and wait for them to ski by you. Right. Or you can sit on the back of a snowmobile and point the camera at them as they <laughs> left and right. Yeah, but unless unless they're like little kids and you're the dad and it's their first right. couple times up and you're skiing backwards, your options uh, are limited. I'm hearing the voice of experience. <laughs> but to get somebody who's doing really good stuff and coming through something like Brand X or Penny Dog, uh, it's impossible, except for the, what this GoPro Pro Max allows you to do is I can ski in front of my wife or my brother. And as long as they're, you know, trying to keep up with me and they're reasonably close, you know, they can swoop left and swoop right behind me. And I don't have to turn my head and guess where they are to keep the camera pointed at them. I can just go back to my computer later that night, put a beer in my hand, go through the video and start turning the camera so that it's wow. their faces while they're behind. <clears throat> and huh. it's wonderful perspective. You know, it's fantastic for the amazing skiers that you and I both love who jump off of amazing <laughs> right. do crazy things for those guys. It's wonderful. But, but for people like you and me who are just having a great time, this is still a fantastic way of capturing really great experiences on the mountain. Oh, that's neat. Well, I noticed um, one of your posts on Facebook, you, um, I think I get, I assume it was you, someone you could see skiing and it was almost from a top view, like overhead view looking oh, down, yeah. you can still see him. Were you using like a big selfie stick or something or, or was that the, the GoPro Max? The first time I took this GoPro out, I just snapped it to the top of my helmet like you always do with a GoPro. Right. Uh -huh. And I noticed that when I was looking around and looking behind me afterwards when I went home, I could see too much of my helmet. So then I read a little bit online and I found that what I would do, I, I got this six inch, eight inch boom that I attached to the top of my helmet and it sticks up like a radio antenna. And then I mount the GoPro on top of that. And uh, it's only six or eight inches up in the air. Uh -huh. but, uh, and it makes me look like a total nerd. You know, I'm walking around <laughs> like a Martian or a radio station, a mobile right. radio. <laughs> wire sticking up out of my head. It's, it's really goofy. But 
uh, the cool thing is that then I, I can see over the helmet at people who are behind me or in front of me. And the second thing is because there's two lenses on the GoPro, they have a process of taking the video from each lens and they call it stitching. And where okay. they stitch, it frequently, it eliminates the boom that's below the camera that's sticking out. So it okay. makes it look like your camera is actually a drone, a little helicopter that's flying over oh, your head. Oh, wow. So that's the sensation I had when I viewed it. I, I thought like, did Blake buy one of those toss them up in the air drones that, you know, follows you down the hill? Um, it, it just looks so cool. Yeah, yeah, well, it's, it's incredibly cool. Because not only can you turn left and right, but you can also zoom in and zoom out. And so you, when you zoom out, all of a sudden, even though it's only eight inches over my head, it looks like it's six feet in the air. Oh, wow. And it gives you this kind of global look of everything that's going on around you. Yeah, so yeah. This is the craziest toy. And I'll just tell you, it's 400 bucks, and that comes with a care plan and an extra battery. It's, it's it's, no, it's not that terribly expensive. No, not for that kind of technology. And, and, oh, and then another thing that's super cool about it is the image stabilization. The image stabilization is fabulous. So that, that's kind of what I thought you were going to be talking about because I looked at a couple of the things you posted and I don't see you know any sign of you hitting moguls. I don't see, I, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Just it's like, you know, you're the guy who could, you know, walk through the house with books on your head or something. You know, and this is the humiliating thing for you and me, because it's a bunch of kids who are less than half a year of my age who figured out this amazing software <laughs> that makes things work spectacularly well. Right. And listening to us right now, they're going, oh, man, listen to these old guys talking about how they're impressed by this. <laughs> yeah. man, Wait till cool. they see what comes out next year. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. What's going to come next year is going to be even better. It's just crazy. So I, I love it. I think that this toy is a fabulous toy for anybody who wants to make videos of their kids and their friends skiing around with them. Oh, yeah. It sounds like the perfect thing for mom or dad to get as their kids are growing up because they can they can ski in a group and they can go back and decide are they going to like when they're editing it or however they want to package it, are they going to focus on Sally or James or Frankie, you know, and exactly. And you know, who's in back. Another thing is the surprise factor, because sometimes when I'm going through my video and I'm thinking about what I thought would be interesting, I look off to the side and there's somebody skiing right there and they're, they're exploding through a tree with powder shooting up in the air. <laughs> right. I didn't know that they were even there. And I caught <laughs> it with a normal, with a, a, a GoPro 9, which is fantastic. So the surprise factor of the things that you capture with this uh, is another thing that makes it super cool. Yeah. So for those people who might be making some yellow snow, be careful. <laughs> someone, someone with a GoPro Max might be going by. <laughs> yeah, not that I. I will tell you this. One of those. Uh, a couple of uh, one thing about it, man, is that uh, it burns through batteries. Uh, I was going to ask you that. Okay. It doesn't burn through batteries when you're at low altitude in warm weather, but when you're up on the mountain and your camera's sticking up and cold wind is blowing around it, you know we're probably skiing at on a good day 25 degrees, right? Yeah. But when you and I are hopefully going 30, maybe 40 miles an hour down a yeah. tuck, uh, maybe faster. Uh, at that point, the wind chill factor is plummeting around the camera that's sticking, right. and uh, the battery is becoming more and more inefficient. Yeah. Pedaling down to nothing. Now you said so, it came with an extra uh, battery. I, I think I'm. I'm not, I think it can. Well, you that. have an extra battery one way or the other. <laughs> yeah. If it doesn't, and someone uses this as reason to go buy one, 
make sure you got a second battery. Yeah, and also probably keep the camera in your pocket next to your thigh uh, until you're ready to start using it and put it back there when you're going to take a break. The mobile hotspot. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, that's a great overview of the GoPro Max, um, and they didn't even sponsor you. <laughs> One of the things that's awesome about it, you got it up on top of your head and you're ready to go. You say the words, GoPro start recording or GoPro okay. photograph, and you get an answering beep and boom, it's on. And then you tell it to stop. Really? That's pretty, you know, that I think their last camera had that same, um, voice command feature. I was, I was riding a chair with a guy in, uh, Alta last year and, and he was on a guy's ski trip and he was telling me that one of their buddies had a, had a GoPro with voice commands and they were trying to get it to do all sorts of things <laughs> <laughs> that I'm not going to say on this G rated, uh, <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I anticipate this being a bigger thing in the future. People yeah. joking with each other by turning their cameras on and off. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, cool. That's that's great, Blake. And um, I'll probably put a link on our um, on our webpage uh, that goes along with this podcast to the GoPro Max, so that the the listeners can click through and see what they think of it. Um, I great. took a look at their promotional stuff before we started talking about it. And, and in the promotional stuff, um, what really stood out to me were their little videos that showed um, uh, no, no jitter, you know, like just, it, it just was so sound. Um, and I think a lot of people quit, you know, a lot of families and stuff quit taking videos of their live action stuff because, you know, they get seasick watching it. So wow. it seems like just a great, a great feature for, uh, uh, you know, not cheap, but not an unreasonable price for that kind of technology. No, 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 it's amazing. Yeah. Well, so what else is going on? Have you been, uh, have you hearkened back to any of your, uh, we, we had from like March, whatever, 7th or 10th or something until November to think about our prior ski era experiences because we couldn't ski spring skiing this last year. Um, any of yours stand out? You know what? That's uh, Facebook is torturing me because it always brings up what I was doing a year ago and two years uh -huh. ago. And it's showing me some pictures of me and my brother thundering down through O Meadows and some of those way back runs uh, when there was like two feet of powder. Oh my gosh. Swimming <laughs> in it. And I don't know about you, but I haven't had a chance to ski left angle this year, have you? No. no. I, I haven't skied that. I haven't got anywhere near O Meadows. And, uh, you know, just life just doesn't get any better than uh, for me than uh, left angle. And employee housing on a big, thick powder day, particularly uh -huh. powder day. Yeah, and and I know you skied it a bunch, right? Yeah. Well, I I tend to go south rather than north when I oh. do my backcountry stuff, um, which you know is a little harder on the body. But I don't know. I I like the views. I like oh. the Silver Basin. I like the King. You know. So I don't I don't do it as much as you do on the north side. Well, that's because you're more of a stud than me. Uh, <laughs> Not I, I true. Uphill and getting you know, all that beauty back there. 
But I love, one of the things I love about a left angle, and there's a continuing argument that I keep hearing, is whether or not those are geothermal vents at the top. Because there's some places, even in the deepest snow, where there's, you can see all the way down to cracks in the rocks. And girls <laughs> tell me, absolutely, that's a geothermal vent. And then I've had other people, geologists say, no, that's not a geothermal There's vent. no way. <laughs> yeah. so I don't know if it is or not, but I just love to start off looking at what might be a geothermal vent. And then, you, I don't know if you remember, but there was a big avalanche about six years ago. Yep. That got all the trees down left angle. So it's just the most beautiful run in the world when there's powder. It's just stunning. Yeah, people who don't go in the north back should take a look to their left when they're leaving the parking lot and they'll see where the avalanche wiped it out and uh, just know that you can go ski there. It's a great, great run. Stunning. Yeah. All right, entertain us. You got any funny stories from your ski history? You've only been doing this for 53 years or something. <laughs> you slipped well, and said your age. <laughs> I'm a little cynical, particularly of the anti-masker. So right now, I think my favorite story comes from one of my friends who uh, is also way retired. She is coming up on 80 and still skiing like the devil. Oh, She's, I love it. She skis double diamonds. She skis all kinds of stuff. Oh. And uh, she had had trouble with anti-maskers who weren't going to put their masks on. And, of course, she's 20 years into a, a, a risk area because she's oh, yeah. up on eight years old. <laughs> yeah. She'd prefer to have them wearing masks. And she, every once in a while, would talk to somebody and they would say, no, they're not going to wear masks. So she was at the Forest Queen Chair. And... Uh, there was a, a mountain host or a mountain employee that was walking up and down the line saying, please put on your mask, please put on your mask. And he got to a teenage boy, 13, 14 years old, and said, please, please put on your mask. And the boy had a mouth on it. The boy oh. into it, said, you're not my dad. I got oh, to write whatever I want. And uh, the boy was actually very confrontational. Sounds like it. So the guy that the boy was talking to was Frank DeBerry, the president of Crystal <laughs> Frank DeBerry had a surprise in his pocket. It was a wire cutter. <laughs> he pulled out his wire cutter. He snipped the little 13 or 14 year old boy's ticket and said, you are done skiing. Go bye -bye. home. <laughs> and when my friend saw that, uh, all the she'd had with all of the other anti-maskers was attenuated by the pleasure of the snap. <laughs> oh, oh, too good. Well, um, first of all, I'm glad to hear that he's out on the hill. Yeah. Um, on all number of levels, you know, uh, the, the, you know, just grassroots skiing, you know, working for his, the people who are, you know, putting a paycheck in his pocket, um, keeping in touch with the, you know, keeping his thumb on the pulse of, of COVID and mountains, you know, the, the current era of keeping that mountain open. And also that your friend knew who he was <laughs> enough to know who was clipping the ticket of the 13 year old. There was no one there overstepping their authority. <laughs> oh, that is a great story. Well, Blake, I look forward to having a follow-up conversation with you in a few weeks. Maybe we could do this again. We could each crack open another beer and talk about where skiing's taking us. I got a little trip coming up. I'm hoping to get down to Bend in a couple weeks. Oh, really? Great. Well, I hope yeah. You great yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it. I haven't skied Mount Bachelor in over 20 years. So, yeah, it should be fun. And that's just a great city.
I will look forward to hearing your report. Yeah. Well, Blake, thanks so much for being here with us. And why don't you mention to your friends what I'm going to mention, and that is that our call-in number is 253-260-4577. And we love hearing from our listeners. Um, if you leave us a message, we might play a little bit of what you have to say on one of the upcoming episodes. And if you want us to call us back, we'll probably do so. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. We've got, we've got listeners, it just blows my mind, from literally around the world. I, I can't even believe how many countries. We've got every single state. Um, some of them are, they, you know, they're, they're from states where you would assume that there's people who just really typically wouldn't care about skiing. But, um, but yeah, the mountain states in particular, the big city states. So um, it's been fun having you. And uh, uh, let's do this again soon, Blake. Perfect, Matt. Thanks for bringing us together. All right. On the Lift Podcast is a production of Runaway Dumpster, LLC. Visit us at ontheliftpodcast.com, where you can listen to back episodes of the podcast. You'll also find show notes, feedback box, and our call-in number, 253-260-4577.